out. It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Welcome to another week of They Came to Play. It is, of course, around 14 we'll be chatting about today. Uh, and it is a very warm welcome to you, Danny McGinley. Hello, Limo. Yes. Um, you know, you thought you had the most depressing weekend of footy ever and the Bulldogs said, hold my beer before I choke on that as well. They really did a superb job, didn't they, on the weekend. Uh, and it is Pess Armstrong out today, uh, but taking off the sub vest. We still use those in podcast land. I realise they're not using them in the actual games anymore. Uh, but we are. He's ripped off the vest and it's welcome the one and only Titus O'Reilly. Hello, mate. Oh, well, thank you. This is um, easily the career high point for me. <laughs> I just think it's great that finally three white men can talk about footy. Yeah, at last. Oh, thanks for providing us with a platform, guys. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. We get our views out. <laughs> See, this is the problem. When other people won't give you a break, you've got to create your own breaks. And uh, that's what we've done with this podcast. And, Titus, that was convincing telling us that this is your career high because I think you nearly nodded off halfway through that sentence. Well, you know, some people out there will be disputing what I said on the basis that I don't really have a career. <laughs> right. Uh, well, we are very happy to help out, mate. Happy to help out. And the D's had a win, so let's celebrate that um, in due course. I just want to um, kick off, guys, with a shout-out to Crows fans. They must be over the moon. Uh, they have got through the weekend without a loss. So congratulations. <laughs> what a nice position to be in on a Monday. Well, they also I got to watch the North Melbourne play, play which was um, would have cheered them up immensely. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, you look at that scoreline for North Melbourne and the Gold Coast Suns, and it's hard to imagine, Danny, that anyone's weekend could be worse. I mean, you're going to claim it's worse for the Bulldogs. But wow. Yeah, three points in a second half. Uh, Titus, something we like to do here on this show is uh, we're not afraid of making what we what we have titled big calls. Uh, yeah. And I think I can just sense by my teammate, Anthony Lehman, he's got a big call coming. I so, have. Lehman, scored three points in that second half. What's your big call? My big call is um, that North Melbourne need to improve. Whoa. Yeah. <sighs> I've always, wanted, I've always wanted to be on Croc Media. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thomas, don't be afraid to jump in with a big call if you've got one at some point. Yeah. Um, what we our, our long-term dream is for there to be an article about this podcast, for there to be uh, North Melbourne underperformed, and this footy pundit has a take on it. You know those headlines you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could maybe take something out of Sam Newman's book if we really want to get into yeah. the media. Oh, that's a good idea. So what's, what's he doing? He's, he's not running for mayor anymore, but he's just organising a protest. What I, what I love about this, this is classic because we know that Sam loves Donald Trump and this is, this is straight out of the Trump playbook. A few months ago, uh, Sam was all, 
Well, they can't have a Black Lives Matter protest. It's dangerous. People have got coronavirus. What are they doing? It's yeah. insane. And now he's arranging one himself where he wants a quarter of a million people in the city. Now, just remind me, and Limo, this might open old wounds, but uh, I don't mean this about your iteration, but did they even get a quarter of a million watching the footy show for Sam's last episode? Look, I'm in no position to be mocking anyone about rating from the footy show. So I'm going to stay well out of this one. Uh, <laughs> Why? Did you host the footy show, Brie? <laughs> oh, good gear, mate. Good gear. <laughs> Uh, look, if you've forgotten about it, great. <laughs> and if you could somehow spread that memory failure through society, that would be much appreciated. I, you know how bad it is? I went on, I've done Q&A once ever, and that was earlier this year, and the audience warm-up guy who is a comedian who does a lot of stuff for the ABC out of just... Drawing a blank on his name, but wasn't it? Isn't it Tommy Dean? No, nah, I wasn't Tommy Dean this particular night. So, so Q and A have a comedian warming them up. Yeah, <laughs> that is. They do. Is anyone ready to get sanctimonious? Woo! Because that's a happy audience. I got to say, so he's doing oh. a great job. <laughs> They're doing a really good job. In fact, I was offered the first ever audience warm up gig on Q and A when it started. 13 years ago. Right. Did you take it? Why did you do no, that? No, I didn't take it. Um, because I was doing audience warm-up for Gruen in the first season of Gruen. And ah. uh, they, because it was all in the same studio, they said, oh, do you want to come back Thursday night and do Q&A? And I just said no. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't have to have watched Q&A, surely. Was that your hesitation? Uh, no, well, I, I didn't have to have watched it because Q&A had only just started. It was the first season of Q&A. Q&A is like people going to an ang- angry dinner party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when people really tweet is. about it. In fact, could an AFL version of Q&A work? Oh. We let people in the crowd ask, you know, whatever question they want <laughs> about the game and you'd have to, you know, you'd have someone on from AFL House, you'd have a couple of coaches, a player... You could just have a rotating uh, ex-host of the footy show taking on the panel every week. Well, it would be good to get Eddie because I do worry in the time of coronavirus that guy making a buck. You know, <laughs> some people just some people deserve to get a chance. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, we'll put, we'll put in some calls and see what we can. Uh, see That's not a good idea. Q and AFL. Oh, there we go. Danny's got the name sorted. I'm just uh, buying the domain. <laughs> get onto it. Get onto it. So who would you get? Who's the dream for the first episode of, of QAFL? We've got, we'll put Limo in as the host. Uh, Titus and I will stand on the side like uh, Statler and Waldorf, just heckling everyone. I'll do uh, it. Who, who's your dream panel? You've got to have Eddie, David Koch, Jeff Kennett. Because you just want and, and Sam Newman, because you just want it to be a train wreck to get the people angry tweeting about it. Okay, yeah. Uh, Eddie Kosh, Kenneth, uh, Newman, and then and Captain Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and Caroline Wilson, just to really and, get it and, firing. And so really what you want is footy classified with a studio audience. Basically. And, 
The ability to ask questions, yes. It's not bad. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd consider what – I would tape it and then watch it, but I'd hit fast forward a lot. Well, I'm just getting a text that Channel 9 have green-lighted it already. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but we're actually involved. Who, who's the host, Titus? Oh, Eddie, unfortunately. They, they said they're desperate uh, to give him a chance. Eddie. <laughs> Eddie. Eddie's hosting with uh, – oh, Sonia Kruger. <laughs> <laughs> She's the only Channel 9 personality I can think of. Who else works at Channel 9? Well, she works at Channel 7 now, Liam. Oh, she? Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Scott Cam. Uh, no, actually, guys, I do think it's actually illegal to have a show on Australian TV and Shane Jacobson not be involved. So, yeah, we definitely involve Shane Jacobson and uh, Carl Stefanovic. There we go. Yeah. Channel Ganosha. 9 don't have many stars anymore because um, they went broke trying to relaunch the footy show. <laughs> <laughs> Cost them a lot of money. Bit, Happy to do my bit. Uh, hey, now should we um should we get back to the footy? Um, uh, let's start with nah. the golf. let's start. No, actually, this episode, Leams, I am very happy to talk anything but footy right well, now. Well, <laughs> this well, is, I saw Green Book. That was a great film. Can we well, talk about that? Which film? Green Book, the one that won Best Picture a couple of years ago. It's a, you know the about the the Viggo Mortensen playing the Italian chauffeur to the to the black uh, uh, piano player. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's good fun. I um just to just to lighten up my weekend last night before I went to bed, I watched uh, part one of a two part documentary on SBS about the changing of America uh, from Obama through to Trump. It's fascinating. It's not exactly uplifting, but it's uh, it's, it's interesting stuff. It's like when their old son went from Mike Sheehan to Robbo. <laughs> <laughs> Good comparison. I wish Trump it's a, was- so it, it got probably less intelligent, but arguably a lot more entertaining. <laughs> Wouldn't you love Trump to do a top 50 of something? <laughs> what would he do a top 50 of? Donald, um, you can't name it's- yourself 50 times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going to give him some. Uh, so if Ivanka would make the top twenty, the rest is all Donald. It's the Donald. Um, but if you're a North Melbourne fan, would you just give up on this season? What, that's just another would have. That's another big call. <laughs> it's a big question. Sorry, what no, is that the first question for the QAFL uh, hey, panel? Hey, how long is Reece Shaw signed for? Longer uh, than he'd like, I think. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's probably looking at the uh, the guy who's you know driving the ta- driving him in a taxi to the airport for the next game, just asking him about how you get your cab license, how are the hours, does anyone hurl abuse at you while you work? Yeah. So pretty good. He would he'd rather be at home on JobKeeper, I think, right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, the way given that no one at North are working, I assume they are on JobKeeper. Yeah. <laughs> True. The whole list should be on JobKeeper. Um, Titus, what do you think about this idea that I had uh, on the pod here a couple of weeks ago? I love it. I love it. (laughs) Oh, hang on. (laughs) I knew this would get a lot of support. Um, My idea is this is a weird season, right, and the fixturing is, you know, it's an issue. Well, they've done the fixture now, but it's been tough to fit all the games in. My idea is that as soon as you can't make the finals, there should be a mercy rule and you just stop playing. You're done for the season. Well, I actually wrote a similar thing in a column a while ago where whoever's last at the end of each round oh. is out. Gets voted off. So there's a similar idea I had a while ago too because 
you know, if you're a North supporter or an Adelaide supporter, this isn't doing your mental health any good whatsoever. No. And that is a way of actually getting rid of some of these late terrible games. But it does create, I guess, a problem with buys coming up, although not if you're playing North because that wouldn't matter. Um, but, yeah, it, it is an interesting idea this year about, you know, I actually thought this year would have actually made more sense to be some sort of tournament with group stages early on. Uh, than what they've actually done. Um, but I think everyone wants to play so they get paid. Uh, yeah. Okay, I mean, there's that. Um, hey, have either of you been invited to the hub up in Queensland? I believe everyone's flying out today. This is the final rush of 400-odd people into the hub. Oh, really? So who, who, are, these, who are these VIPs? Who are the chosen ones? Uh, well, there's a few players uh, that haven't been with their teams. Uh, Gary Ablett Jr., as for example. Uh, then there's a bunch okay. of administrators uh, and some media types as well have uh, all been invited up to the hub for the rest of the season. I my invite must have got lost in the mail. Titus, I assume you're flying out this afternoon. I was invited, but I just why would you want to leave Melbourne at the moment? Just <laughs> everything's happening. Yeah, yeah, you make, you make a very good point. <laughs> I mean, I'm not doing well, but I'm not go to Queensland not doing well. <laughs> yeah, your mental health, you know, you're not yearning for schoolies at this stage. <laughs> I actually... Yeah, was- I was going to go up there, Limo, but uh, with schoolies cancelled, I just thought, what's the point? Yeah, I know. It's a, that's a, it's a devastating blow for, well, toolies everywhere. So um, let's, uh, let's keep trawling our way back through the games from the... Uh, from the weekend, so we do it backwards because wow, Carlton Collingwood yesterday. I'm going to make mm. a big call here. I'm going to make another big call. Wow, jeez, yeah. okay, yeah. This is to the Carlton Football Club. Um, you're not going to win a game of footy if you only kick four behinds in the second half. There you go, bang. Wow, they did. Yeah, of every of every. We had two teams yesterday who didn't kick goals in the second in their second halves. But if if ever this Carlton show, side were going to show us anything, it was against that depleted Collingwood side and with a chance of keeping finals alive. And all they yeah. showed us was they're still Carlton. I mean, if you're a Carlton fan, you're furious. Just a reminder, guys, we're not better than we used to be. <laughs> What terrible! Don't get it. You know, I, I, yesterday I was uh, at Channel Ten for the the filming of Have You Been Paying Attention, and I was surrounded by uh, Carlton fans, and they were genuinely optimistic before the match. They were saying, "I cannot wait to get home and watch this." Uh, I'm re- feeling really confident, and I was uh, just playing my natural role of uh, of troll. I mean, I did think Collingwood was was going to win, and just I could sort of feel that this was the sort of game that Carlton would stuff up. And I'm saying it to him. I go, "Where are you getting this optimism? What is what's wrong with you? Have you not learnt anything from the past twenty years?" And they say, "No, nah, we're having a really good year." And I I checked the ladder; they're twelfth. Twelfth is a really good year for Carlton these days. Yeah. The weird thing was. Uh, it, literally, we finished filming just on half time, and I and I showed the scores to the Carlton fans, and one of them said, "Ah, oh, we've got this in the bag. We're definitely playing finals." And I said, "Whoa, okay. When you lose, I just want you to remember this moment." And now we've immortalised it in podcast form. Oh, 
they kicked another four points after that. I didn't know it was that bad. I knew they didn't do well, but because I watched the last quarter and yeah, they were competitive. They just couldn't score. Yeah, that's that's a problem. I'm going to make another big call. <laughs> These are Titanic calls. But if you're not going to score, well, then you've got some issues. Um, yeah, so that's it. So it should be mercy rule for Carlton. They should have the rest of the year off. They just don't compete. It's just, it's just their, their, their ability to just – and there's a few teams around at the moment that are doing this a lot – just going to sleep for entire quarters. It's, you know, my team, Melbourne, have done it a lot. The Saints have done it. The, I don't know whether it's the, I mean, I suppose bad Who things always. Who invented Titus? Who do you well, think I should mean, be uh, claiming copyright? On, on the mid-game siesta. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't, well, I'd say Is I've it seen, the demons? Is that the I've Latino, seen Melbourne do it a lot. Know, influence? I think, I mean, I, Melbourne have done it a lot. Like, we, I can remember back when Stephen Tingay played a banner once saying, missing third quarter. <laughs> Do you know one of the best banners I ever saw was uh, round 22, 1997. The Demons had come stone motherless last and uh, the banner just had, um, I believe it's called a, a acrostic poem. So it had demons on one side and every letter uh, was an acronym and it said, don't ever mention our nightmare season. Oh, right. Nice. It was really good. I mean, and then they lost by 10 goals, but well done to the Melbourne cheer squad of, of 23 years ago. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a banner you can just roll out each year. <laughs> um, Maybe the banner was so good that the, the club just all decided at board level, going, that banner's so good. We, we could do that every year. Let's just commit to being terrible. And there's been a few blips. 2018, well, 2000. I mean, that's the closest thing we've got to a brand. <laughs> <laughs> who, would, who, should, who should sponsor Melbourne, given, given that this is the case? Well, um, I tell you, the current people that sponsor them are, are, are the right people because we have Land Rover as a major sponsor who, who make Jaguars and make Range Rovers. So yeah. it's actually Jaguar, but they, make, they, they are in the company that makes Range Rovers. And it's uh, Johnny Walker, and I think as a Melbourne supporter, that is spot on because the amount of time I've driven my Jaguar home while I've been drinking Johnny Walker, <laughs> I can't even count. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, and as most of those occasions, have you left early to beat the traffic, Titus? Uh, let's just say I've. It's more I've never stayed till the end. Uh, I didn't know there was a fourth quarter until I was twenty-two. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nice. Well, I don't think Carlton realised there was a second half in the weekend. In fact, is it true? I heard a whisper that Carlton got in at halftime. The players threw their arms around each other and they sang the club song. <laughs> no, Lima, that's not true. They know that you're not allowed to hold. You're not allowed to wrap arms around each other during the song. You know, oh, for right, you know COVID reasons. The fact that you have put your head inside other people for the past two hours, hugged after goals, but yeah. coronavirus. Only attacks if you're singing. Well, that's what I don't get. You're in the hub, isn't that the idea that you know you're all you're all quarantined? It, yeah, I, I reckon the 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 not doing hugs but doing fist bumps and the not singing the song arms linked is the most AFL thing ever. It's about the look, <laughs> not the actual reality of the situation. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Because as far as according to the rules, everyone, no one should have coronavirus there, unless of course your girlfriend. Uh, jumps a fence to sneak into uh, the grounds. 
that's a sort of commitment that Carlton didn't show yesterday. And we should say that, um, i got to say, you know, as much as I hate to do it, Collingwood rarely give up. The, under Buckley in, in his, you know, second half of his coaching career, they've always got a thousand injuries, but they... I wish my club had the regularity of sort of commitment and how hard they go because that was the only difference between the two teams yesterday, given the outs Collingwood had. Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, they did have a lot of outs, and they generally are pretty bloody competitive. The uh, the Pies, as were the D's, Titus on Saturday night in Alice Springs. Uh, oh. Were you beside yourself? I, I got to admit, I was I was watching that game and texting a few D supporters and we were all surprised how much we desperately wanted that win because there's always a temptation to not have any hope as a Melbourne supporter and and yeah. was and, some of and, you just wanting to go to the tank already no it's not the tank it's just we don't want to be hurt anymore <laughs> Melbourne, you know why I reckon Melbourne never tanked this is the best argument you'll hear of defense of Melbourne yeah we don't need to tank I think they claim to have tanked they were happy to pretend to have tanked because it, it made it seem like they'd done it on purpose for once. Because if you look at the last decade, most years, you couldn't tell whether we're tanking or not. There is no difference. So the idea that we actually did it intentionally makes those administrators seem more competent than they actually are. <laughs> if the Melbourne hierarchy were really tanking, we'd win a grand final. That's if they set that as their plan. <laughs> But Saturday night, Saturday night was great. We we really did want it. If we didn't have Stephen May and Christian Petrarca, we would have lost. And we were very lucky the Saints didn't take. Yeah, Saints are a good, competent sides, but we were very lucky they turned the ball over a lot and didn't take their chances, and we did. Um, but I I I'm very. It makes me very nervous that with some easy games, easier games against. Uh, I think we have got Sydney. You've got a great run home. You've got, got Sydney, Frio, GWS, Essendon. You are looking very good. And compare that to St Kilda, who have Hawthorne. I mean, that they'll definitely win that. Um, but then they've got West Coast and GWS. I'd be very worried if I was a Saints fan. Yeah, you, the Saints don't look good. But I always think with Melbourne, we, we tend to do this thing of we win a game like that and we go, well, our problems are solved and we've unlocked the secret to winning now. When really we were lucky to win that, and if we did a lot of that against a good side, we'd be in trouble. So I'm, you know, while you'd think we'd beat Sydney and those, it's just our ability to not show up on the day is still worrying me immensely. So I hope I'm wrong, um, but I never have been before when it comes to <laughs> Melbourne. Yeah, hey, Titus. Um, now you you may have benefited from no cameras on the goal line. On the weekend, and what I love about this is a classic move from the AFL. They've said we're going to go to Alice Springs and don't bother with putting cameras on the goal line. We don't need them, and then they needed them, so now they've come out and said, next time we go back to Alice Springs, we'll definitely have cameras on the goal line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I think the the thing is, we just don't know whether that was a goal or not. Like I know some people were saying oh, what well, it wasn't actually a, a goal and then others are saying it was. But, you know, the, that, the problem with not having the camera is we just have no clue. We just don't know. So 
It's very you know what they AFL. could do. They could, could have do a goal umpire down like, there who yeah, get checks. an umpire to like stand right there and watch, and then they could indicate to the other umpires whether it was a goal or not. I, I just hate all the technology of goal reviews. I know that it often will prove something didn't happen, and I know, but it, I just feel it. We lived with human error forever. It's. I, I think so rarely does a game turn on the umpires as much as we like to whinge about it. Um, and so I find it more annoying um, than beneficial. And I am convinced it only exists to give media pundits like ourselves something to talk about during the week. <laughs> Except, of course, for last week when Hawthorne got no free kicks to 14 in the second half. <laughs> Maintain the rage, Lance. Well, I, Maintain I, I, the rage. I can't tell you how, in this case, all AFL supporters support you. We've always been so sad about the lack of free kicks to Hawthorne, <laughs> and it's just terrible that uh, what you're going through. And we hope you're okay. Thank you. I, well, I appreciate that. It's nice of someone to to reach out like you have. Hey, and uh, Titus, I read on the AFL. This is how the article about the Melbourne uh, St Kilda game starts. This is the opening line on the AFL website. Christian Petrarca should ask for a seat in business class on Melbourne's trip back to Queensland on Saturday night. Now, if you go to the comments section, it's just a whole bunch of Melbourne fans saying, is there a class other than business class on a <laughs> Um, so you, they thought he was being they were being quite uh, cruel of, of Petrarca, saying you weren't good enough to get into first class. Yeah, you've got to stay in business. Well, I mean, this, this happened recently with me where they were saying, people were saying when there was a lot of talk about Goodwin being sacked and there was an article that said that the demons can't afford to sack Goodwin and all my Melbourne supporting friends said, what does can't afford mean? I've never heard that <laughs> phrase before in my life. Uh, well, uh, let's uh, let's hope Christian Petraka does get a seat in uh, in business class for that trip to uh, Queensland, your uh, your spiritual home, of course, Queensland. I should add, I I, I have been to schoolies as a an, a mature man, um, but I was only there to pick up underage girls, just to make them feel a bit better about <laughs> <Jesus>. that. <laughs> Yes. Your honour. Yes. Yes. I'm doing my bit. I'm doing my Sam Newman bit to get us some Herald Sun Thanks, coverage. Man. Yeah, I just want to be misrepresented in any, in any way. Yeah, I just want to. I just wanted to assure people I was there for good reason. <laughs> now the Giants and the Dockers. I mean, just... mate, Lemo, Titus, can you believe we witnessed history? On the weekend, I mean, this. I just feel so honoured to be alive at this time. It now I've done the figures. Um, yeah, the top hey, rating. Danny, can I just stop you here for one second? Sure, mate. Can I have a guess who you're taking a long run up at here? Okay, what what joke am I doing here? No, no, we're not the joke. Just the target. <laughs> we get. I no, I'll let you finish, and then we'll we'll come back to. Now it. that I've derailed, you know, time I'll let you keep going. Do you want to write down? Write down what my punchline is and then fold it up. Let's workshop it it live. I think people will really appreciate that. You say what your joke is, Danny, and then we'll tell you what a good joke is. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, do you know what it says? I just checked the figures. Uh, Now the top rating TV events of all time, number one, moon landing, number two, the final episode of Seinfeld, number three, free up VGWS. Thank you. Good night. (laughs) Is that what you thought? 
Wow. No, I th- well, okay. I thought you were going to. Uh, it was going to be something about Toby Green because Titus. An ongoing theme on this show is Danny's hatred of Toby Green, uh, and he, of course has elbowed someone again for getting the. Yeah. Um, you know, there are cameras on him. Yeah. No, he, it's time. good. To, the Giants were back in form, and he was back hitting people, so all was well for the Giants. It's and, a uh, isn't it? If Toby's not hurting anyone, they're just a shambles of a club. I think uh, given actually, I've I've looked at it and yeah, Toby Fair whacked him off play, cow, coward actor, all of that. Um, but he, you know, it was a bit like Tom Lynch. He's uh, he's now taking inspiration from other thugs. It's this thing though, like there's certain players. It's like I reckon it must coincide. I'm not so sure with Toby Green because it seems a, a life choice. But Tom Lynch's recent activities remind me a bit of when Gary Ablett Jr. last year. Kept hitting people for about three oh, weeks yeah. in a row. Yes, yeah. And I just, and it was like Gary was trying to get a week off, but because he's Gary Ablett, the tribunal wouldn't give him one. And, uh, you know, it always turns your mind to what's going on in their lives. Is it just, is it frustration at their form? Is it that, you know, something happened in their lives that is causing it? Because with Toby Green, it's no surprise, but with some of these others like Lynch, he never, he never used to play like this. So it's weird what's happening with him. Tom Lynch was one of our last guests on the footy show, and I think he takes some sort of responsibility for the axing of the footy show. So <laughs> he's probably still carrying that burden with him. I think he um, should take all of it. You flying before then. I know. Yeah. I, sh- I share the burden with all of the oh, guests so, from our last few. God, I, sorry, guys. I, I really uh, stuffed up my joke. It goes moon landing, Limo hosting footy show, free OVGWS. <laughs> yeah, just if. See, uh, there we are, workshopped it, and now it's, now it's perfect. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> good job, Dane. Hey, now, Do you guys uh, know, actually look it up? Do you want to know what the highest rating thing in Australian television is? It's uh, not the moon landing? Can I guess? Well, yeah, yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's not, it's, yeah, I, I was disappointed in Australia. Is it, is it sport? No. Oh, so it's not Kathy Freeman, okay. Yeah, I would have thought something like uh, the Sydney Opening then, Olympics or something, but I'm, nope. I'm going to guess, okay, is it in the last 20 years? No, mm. just out. It was oh. in the 90s. Is it the Big Brother final? That was 2001. That would be, t- yeah, I was thinking Australian Idol yeah. or Big Brother. Uh, so is it reality TV? It's got to be reality TV, no, doesn't it's it? Reality TV, and uh, another clue: it didn't happen in Australia. Oh, it's got to be the wedding. Something else. It's not the Friends. It, you, Kate and Will's. No, it's it's Diana's funeral. Oh, yeah, right. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, Did she die? I missed that. <laughs> I remember being so angry that night because that day the dogs had beaten the Swans in the qualifying final. And we'd kicked like ten goals in the first quarter, and they delayed the replay to uh, till after Diana's funeral. So it didn't start till like well after midnight. And I'd, uh, you know, I was fifteen at the time. The amount of celebratory bongs I'd had, I couldn't stay up. <laughs> well, I've never forgiven her for overshadowing that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so do you need a moment, Titus, just to gather your thoughts? <laughs> just. It's just, you know, it's just selfish. That's all I'm saying. 
What's number two, Danny? Uh, <laughs> Kate and Will's wedding. Or it could be Charles and Diana's wedding. Uh, one of the royal, it's like the top, four out of the top five were um, were royal related. And then, uh, yeah, the, the highest rating movie ever shown on Australian TV, which surprised me, was in 1977 when they first showed The Sound of Music. Oh, right. Yeah. See, this show's full of facts. None of them, oh, yeah. None of them related to footy. <laughs> yeah, we, need, we should thank Champion Data for these stats. <laughs> yeah, I believe the, uh, the Von Trapps. Got quite a few champion data points throughout that. Well, they, How'd they, they go for coach lamps? They rated them elite. It was one of the most elite <laughs> groups they've ever rated. Yeah, I mean, the points for hard escape gets uh, <laughs> were fairly generous back in those yeah. days. And that goat herder, he comes in really cheap. I've never oh, seen yeah. it, by the way. I don't know. I don't think I've ever watched. Okay, I've seen little bits, but I wouldn't know what happened. I couldn't describe the storyline. I've never seen it at all, not even a moment of it. In Sound of Music? No, nah, never seen yeah. it. Oh, get involved. I actually have never seen the Nazis come in. For me, it's all a happy singing family and then everyone talks of Nazi at the end, which sounds like quite a turn. See, I think I've seen it about five times, but that's only because I grew up in the country where we had two television stations, so you just watched whatever was on. And one was just Sound of Music on repeat. Well, in fact, one was the ABC and one was this local television station, but both of them had test pattern from midnight till six in the morning. I mean, test pattern. So yeah, no, come on, just show the show the grand final marathon every night. Just replay the shit you had on earlier. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there was um, not a lot going on where I grew up, uh, but sound of music. Yeah, that was played every couple of weeks. And bridge over the river, quiet. There's a fucking weird one for you. Oh so, yeah, Alec Guinness five times as well. One of the great infrastructure movies. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I give, I give it the credit for my role on Utopia as Jim. Uh, <laughs> That's where you took your inspiration from. <laughs> Was the tagline for that, the one on the poster, just uh, Bridge Over the Rakai, get over it? <laughs> get over it. It's, no, it wasn't, but it should have been. should have been. So Bridge Over the River Kai. You've got to remake that. You and, just know it's with, like, The Rock. <laughs> It'll be a hardcore action. Yeah, and, and he defeats all the Japanese. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> See, thinking of everything here on the, oh, yeah. uh, on the They Came to Play podcast. Um, but anyway, uh, good, on, good on the Giants and good on Port beating the Swans. Hey, when did Charlie Nixon become a sex symbol, by the way? Did it sneak up on us or has he been a sex symbol for years? Well, for uh, me, he has been for years. <laughs> what, what, what's your link on this, Lemo? Was was there suddenly a lot of uh, was there a lot of romantic love for for Charlie Dixon, or the, did you just broadcast? find yourself a bit aroused while watching? <laughs> it's a little from column A, a little from column B. I my radio co-host uh, Rebecca Morse told me that she went to the footy two weekends ago, and Charlie Dixon's top was ripped off. At which point, every woman at Adelaide Oval took out their camera or their phone with the camera on it, and took about a 1,000 pictures of a topless uh, Charlie Dixon in that moment. And that made me think, oh, he's uh, become this sort of sex symbol. Well, you okay. could get well, lots could in that beard, couldn't you? Get lots yeah. in there. Yeah. 
days. Because he's got the beard that makes him look like a, a rugged sort of hipster type who'll, uh, you know, make, you know, it probably can build you a, a shed using, you know, recycled yeah. tin cans and stuff. But he's also got the athletic physique because the downside of those uh, craft beer uh, top knot looking guys is uh, when they take their top off, it's, it's a bit dumpy. So you kind of get in best of both worlds with Dixon. He ticks a lot of boxes. Gee, that's a big insight into your psychology there, Danny. <laughs> that's my big call. Hipsters need to exercise more. There's a lot going on in that statement to unpack. We probably don't have time. But um, I'll tell you, I'll actually talk one thing about the footy. Um, Port have locked in top spot now uh, because their run home is Kangas, Bombers, Magpies. Kangas, yeah, that's not bad. Bombers, that's not bad. Uh, oh, Collingwood could give them one. Possibly, but they're they're one game clear now, so they'd have to drop two of those games for Geelong or Brisbane or even Richmond to get on top. So where's where the Port, game being played? Is it Adelaide Oval? We don't know yet. Uh, they are playing. They've got the the buy for this quote unquote round. Uh, then they're playing uh, North at uh, Metricon, and then they're playing Essendon at Adelaide Oval, and then Collingwood. Who knows? Oh, so we don't know where the Collingwood game is. I, but you know what? Brisbane have got a game up their sleeve, so Brisbane will be on equal points. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So could pinch. But Brisbane's run home is uh, Collingwood, Gold Coast, Sydney, Carlton. Oh, yeah, Brisbane could get up. Yeah, good call. So, yeah, Brisbane put. And then let's just hope it's not Geelong for crying out loud. What's their run home, Danny? Uh, yeah, block your ears, Lemo. Essendon, Richmond, Sydney. Uh, oh, Richmond. So yeah, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm just yeah. Sorry, I'm used to Richmond being terrible. Yeah, Richmond Geelong is going to be a great game, and uh, I mean, you feel about Geelong the way I feel about Richmond. I mean, I always have to tone it down because Tess is on, but I've hated that club since the Liberatore Matty Knights incident again over 20 years ago. Well, I mean, anyone that you know gets in an, a, a, a fracker with a clean skin like Liberatore was, I can see why you'd be. <laughs> I can see why you'd be so upset. <laughs> Did you happen to see Luke Darcy tell his Tony Liberté-Toro story on the front bar last week? Uh, no. What, what was, what's the story? They were Darcy and Libba and a couple other players on September 11, 2000. Oh, yeah. They, well, they were in New York. Yes, they were walking toward the Twin Towers to do a tour. Uh, the World Trade Centre. And then, of course, the planes hit. The towers fall down. They, they were about six blocks away. So they started walking away from it, and they were in so much shock they didn't really speak to each other for about 30 blocks. They just walked. Did they get a refund on their tour? <laughs> I don't know. If love, and the Australian media still blamed Liberatore for the Twin Towers going yeah. down. But they were walking past a hotel at some point, and out the front of the hotel walks Michael Jackson, like literally walks in front of them. And Tony Liberatore goes, hey, Jacko, how are you? And I said he put his hand out, so I don't know if he actually shook hands with Michael Jackson, but he said hello to him and went to shake, went to shake hands with Michael Jackson. We, we, we all get asked, where were you when the towers fell? What were you doing? Darcy, I think, wins. I mean, to be actually spending time with the great Tony Liberatore, yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm yeah. honestly jealous. Bradley medalist. Uh, absolute hero. Of the club. So we have, uh, right, we've, we've, so we've concluded, guys, then, have we not, that it's going to, the final ladder is going to be Port, Brisbane, Geelong, and then either West Coast or Richmond. Yeah. 
West Coast have got a pretty pretty good run home. They've got the Bombers this week. Then they play My Dogs on Sunday night and then St Kilda and uh, North Melbourne. So West Coast have got a pretty sweet, although only one of those games is at home. And, you know, as we've been saying all for, for the past month, West Coast playing, you know, playing at home is like playing FIFA with the offsides off. It doesn't count. As, yeah, as soon as they're away from Perth, big question mark over the Eagles. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Tigers sort of uh, smashed them. I reckon if, wouldn't, if there's a COVID outbreak in Queensland right now, West Coast Eagles have to be prime suspects, whether it's their supporters or their, you know, some they hire some ex-ASIO agents or SAS troops to just co- commit some biological terrorism just so the grand final is played at Optus Stadium. I mean, this is, I mean, this is what they should be thinking about in the in the West Coast boardroom right now. Well, the SAS is based in Perth. Uh, a lot of them mm. married the uh, Eagles, so there you go. Get on it, guys. <laughs> 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 Destroyed Southeast Queensland. Yeah. Hey, now, let's uh, let's talk about the last game of the weekend, the Bulldogs and the Cats. Danny McGinley, how did you, <laughs> how did you give up? You led for the whole game until about five yeah, I know. in the last quarter. How did it happen? I'll tell you this, Titus. I have never had more Hawthorne fans texting me than during that match. I had, I had uh, Lemo was texting me. I had uh, from Junk Time Michael Chamberlain. I had the author of the 1989 Great Grand Final Tony Wilson texting me. I had uh, a whole bunch of mates who are all rabid Hawthorne fans, just who have I think fuming from the the, the match the night before. But they were just so going. Please do not stuff this up. And and look, man, I kind of had it locked in from uh, towards the end of the second quarter of just this is the sort of game that Geelong always steal and you could it just got more and more yeah infuriating and uh, yeah just uh, if if 2020 was a footy match it'd be that one well you can't I mean I think you're being unfair there giving the credit to Geelong I think you guys really worked hard to stuff that up That's yeah. true. We we are we've got a great culture at the club right now. It was one of those ones you could just it's, it was like a movie where you you know you work out in the first two minutes who the killer is and then it's just boring and you just yeah. sit there waiting for the inevitable. Yeah, you it was just, an M Night Shyamalan film that wasn't the Sixth Sense. <laughs> yeah, you were just sitting there going, "Yeah, this is this is happening." Uh, and as all the uh, your injuries didn't help, but you could just see it and your inability to execute what I would call incredibly basic football skills uh, was, was something to, something to behold at times. I mean, it, catching the ball yeah, catching the ball is kind of a key skill for an AFL player, I would say, oh. especially if it's been handballed oh. for you know, a metre away. You should be able to catch that ball. So you see, this is the problem, Titus. When you set expectations as high as you do, you <laughs> that's right. there's nowhere to go. It just, it just, you could just tell Geelong. I don't know what happened to them in that first, that first half, but the first. Oh, they were. But it was was saying to my six-year-old as we watched it, we were saying this is as much as uh, we'd love to think the Bulldogs are playing well. That there were a lot of unforced errors from the Cats. Yeah, and it was just they, they, and I've got to say, Dangerfield was almost willed that team back into that game. He was unbelievable. Oh, and Gary Rowan was. Gary Rowan was irritatingly good. <laughs> so sick yeah. of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, he's annoyingly good, isn't he? It's really. Yeah. 
grind your gears somehow. Hey, what did Bevo have to say post-match, Danny? Uh, oh, you, that's really adorable that you think after a loss like that, I am going to watch any post-match. Yeah. <laughs> I was just... I had to just, uh, I'd had a couple of angry pills at that stage and, uh, oh, and it was my birthday last week. So I had all this fancy whiskey. And so I just uh, decided to taste all of those uh, repeatedly. And uh, yeah, Saturday was a bit painful. Right. I believe, uh, I believe Bevo was a little salty in the post-match presser. Was he angry at the, uh, what, the, the umpiring or just his own players or, 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 you know, tactics or I think I think he life, was just, he was life in general? <laughs> Yeah, just genuinely angry. Coronavirus. The election in yeah, New Zealand yeah. being delayed. Yes, all of it was annoying. Yeah. The fact Covered that the a wide range of topics. The uh, finale yeah. of Mars Singer was under threat. I mean, <laughs> Justin Trudeau doing blackface, that still hurts. <laughs> so uh, The new yeah. Pippa on Home and Away. I mean, come on, oh, guys, give us still, some credit. Still. It was just... Uh, was just killing him. So, um, was it Ice Snack 2.0? Was he annoyed about that? Oh, don't bring that up. <laughs> That's a low blow. That is a low blow. That feels that feels like something that should have come out in 2020. That would have fitted into the narrative. <laughs> I say, I snack to, 2020. Oh, I just realised 2020 is uh, 2002.0. There you go. I oh, year. Vegemite knew. They knew this was coming. <laughs> See, this is, you know, the big losers this year are. It's the fact that the men's T20 World Cup has had to be postponed because oh, they yeah. won the 2020 World Cup in 2020. It was a marketing dream. Oh, and the, um, the Tokyo Olympic Games logo. Have you seen that? Because it was 2020, but it worked in with the Olympic rings, and they also had the the big circle. Uh, one of the rings was like the circle of the Japanese flag. It was one of the best, most perfect logos ever, and now it's been delayed for a year. Nah. <laughs> so Bevo was angry about that as well. <laughs> yeah, but no, he was angry about a lot, Bevo. He was furious. He was also pretty uh, disappointed that his Belarusian Premier League team uh, drew on the weekend. Uh, he goes for the same team as me, Shakti or Salagask. And uh, Limo, your team's back on top. Ah, great. Can you Final. pronounce your team, Limo? My team's the, uh, the, the, the ones that are on top. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty easy to pronounce. They're just called Bait. B-A-T-E. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Who's your favourite, Danny- Titus? Who's your favourite Belarusian Premier League team? Uh, you'd be surprised to learn I don't have one. Um, oh. When you look, barring for Melbourne doesn't make me want to take on more sporting teams. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's like if you had it's like if your first kid was just a nightmare, a juvenile delinquent. You just it puts you off. <laughs> So, Danny, do you think the Bulldogs can actually make finals or are you right? Is that it? Uh, I'm chronic optimist. So, I'm sort of just... uh, And also, when you have a miracle year that everyone dreams of, like 2016, where, you know, it's seemingly all is lost. Like, we we, uh, got belted by Frio in our final game and limped into the finals and we had to play West Coast, who are in red-hot form uh, at Subiaco. And we were just, uh, you know, expecting praying for an honourable loss rather than a 10-goal uh, thumping. Uh, and then we, you know, went on that month of dream. So, yeah, you've always just got that, well, maybe that could happen again. Maybe Lightning could be caught in a bottle. We've got to play West Coast on Sunday. Then we've got the Hawks and the Dockers. So it's, mm. it's first game we'll lose. But if we get the other two and other results run away, we could limp into finals and then, you know, miracles can happen. I've seen it. 
That's right. So, so your best hope for the Bulldogs is to limp into the finals. Well, it's worked for us before. Anytime we go in with confidence, we we stuff it up royally. Yeah, I think I just think you might struggle because GWS and Melbourne both look like because they've got a game in hand, they'll probably win their games against Carlton and Sydney, and that puts your game plus percentage out. So it's starting to look. I mean, I don't want to poo-poo your dreams, but. Oh, mate, don't worry. That's, uh, I'm, I'm enough of a realist to <clears throat> to be aware that I shouldn't be optimistic, but I, I choose to be anyway. It's the only way to get us through these troubled times. I don't know. Um, I can see a scenario where Melbourne in their last round has to play a depleted Essendon side with nothing to play for and us just needing a win to get into the finals. Yeah, yeah I would 1,000% tip Essendon in that game. We've been there before and, and blown that and... I hope this isn't going to be something you can clip and play back as prophetic, but it does. <laughs> that does. Uh, that well, is Titus, me. I think you might. You are the last team to have lost to the Bombers in a final. Uh, in was it two thousand four that they won their last final? Two thousand three. And uh, oh, and uh, shout out to Essendon. They they broke the record during the week. Did you guys see this? Yeah. They now have the longest finals drought of all time of the AFL era. Ah, good. Yeah, cool. All right. I thought that as much when I when I read it. Just going, hang on. The Bulldogs didn't make finals for like twenty years. Yeah, no, during so the during the sixties, seventies. Yeah, okay, Hawthorne didn't win a final till they'd been in the comp for twenty five years or something. Right. Okay. Well, AFL era. That's that. Congrats, though, Essendon. Good on yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. They over, overtook Richmond for that title. Ah, been saying that for years. Essendon and the new Richmond. So, so, so well done. And Titus, um, your hopes and dreams will be dashed then in uh, round 18 by Essendon. Is that what you're telling us? Well, I mean, if Melbourne ever pulled it, it together, they're, they're every chance, they're in an okay position. And you would think with the draw they've got, as people like to say, their destiny should be in their own hands. And that's what worries me. And I can just, there would be no more Melbourne thing than to win a couple of our next few games, but that, you know, because we don't get the buy in this next run, you know, we hit that Essendon game. Essendon have nothing to play for. They're injury depleted and we lose to them. It would just fulfill everything that Melbourne promises every time. <laughs> so and, I'd uh, like to think it was not going to happen. I'd like to think we start to believe and uh, playing finals would be the only positive thing that have happened to me this year. But, you know, there's a lot to go wrong. Hey, hey, I mean, hey, we came on our show. Lose, oh well, there is that. But we we could lose to Sydney this week, so you know, let's. Yeah, well, that is that is true. Although, who? But let's say you do finish eighth. It looks like, or let seventh or eighth. Would you rather play West Coast or Collingwood in the first week of the finals? Oh, Collingwood. I mean, we did really well against Collingwood, and it, you know, it's hard to tell who they'll have back. But I mean, Melbourne can do it. I mean, Melbourne when they do badly, it's always almost always effort. They just they just don't switch on. They don't play their game plan, and they you know they execute skills like a bunch of English backpackers who have been handed a Sharon on the beach for the first time, <laughs> like a politician trying to bounce a footy at a at a press event. Yeah, but then the frustrating thing about them is, like, they'll show that they can do it in other games. So it's like you know Yogi Berra said, you know. Ninety percent of this game is half mental. <laughs> <laughs> you make a very good point. 
Well, uh, good good luck to your days, Titus, and uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, Lemo, Lemo. Actually, um, you have forgotten a game. I know you're trying to avoid the Bombers Hawks, oh, but we should talk oh. about the Tigers v Eagles. Uh, did we talk about that at all? Yeah, yeah we, no, we did, did we? do that. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. I'll just, uh, well, one last point I had a note for. Congrats to Thompson Dow, who is the hundredth player to win on debut by the same number as his jumper number. He wore 27. They won by 27. Oh, yes. Now that is, a, yeah. that is an insightful stat. And it's the hundredth to do that. So he gets a, he gets a little banner. <laughs> and so let's talk about the Bombers and the Hawks. Also, Limo, you've got to um, fill in our regular listeners. You talked about it on the Patreon episode, but uh, you put it out to everyone what yes. the great sports names are. But first, uh, Bombers, Hawks, I just want one question for you on this. How many texts to Bombers fans did you send out in that first half when you were thumping them? None. Because I, I just know that that's just stupid to do that. Yeah, you I never go right. early. You never go. No. The only work. reason I don't believe you, Limo, is because I've known you for, for 20 years. <laughs> and no, you've got 20 text messages from him. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, fact, in fact, quite the opposite. When Essendon started to come back, I was texting a mate of mine who was at the game in Adelaide who barracks for Essendon and uh, said, oh, he goes, oh, looks like we're making some sort of comeback here. And I texted him back and said, you'll win by three goals. Whoa. To which he said, I doubt it. Anyway, they won by 16 points. So, um, <laughs> good. But I could just see that we were, we had just stopped playing. I mean, we had 17 scoring shots in the first half and three in the second. Yeah. It's, uh, are you worried about playing the Crows next week? Oh, look, I'm really focused on draft picks now. So I kind of, it's a good consolation for losing. To know that so you- that's tomorrow afternoon. Hawks Crows battle of the of the cellar dwelling yeah. birds. Yeah, at Adelaide Oval. So is it an afternoon game as well? Yeah, five five forty uh, Melbourne time. So that's five cool. ten Adelaide time. Yeah, so it's at five p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon in Adelaide. There's a game of AFL footy. I love it. I like it. I love it. I want more of it. Mm. Um, I, want, I want to be able to go what. to it, but. Wouldn't it be sad to see Hawthorne become the first team to lose to the Crows this year? Gee, that would be sad. <laughs> Wouldn't that? I'd, oh, fingers crossed it doesn't happen. Especially considering Limo would have to do breakfast radio at SAFM uh, the next day and in Adelaide. Uh, in Adelaide probably, uh, look, it's, is your co- are your co-hosts um, Crows fans? One of them is. Yes. Oh, what your classic Crows port? It is. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I know it is SAFM, so they only discuss footy if the Kardashians are playing it. But uh, it might get a mention if the Kardashians attend a game. Uh, no, it will get a mention. Uh, make no mistake about that. Now, Titus, last week I put it out to the uh, good people of the They Came to Play podcast. What's is there a better name in world sport than Irving Mosquito? Well, my, what current players or all time? All time. I mean, I can't go past the American swimmer Misty Hyman for the best <laughs> yeah. name. Misty None Hyman, of us can. And Misty Hyman got a lot of nominations, as did uh, Fanny Scheller, the German skier. Yeah, that's good. Uh, which is good. Um, some of the other nominations, still people mention still Sidebottom, of course, because he won. Yeah. The best well, he won and... He won best name and then got uh, like a lifetime achievement award of best name, so he was never he couldn't be nominated again because he kept, he won like a few years in a row. I mean, Steel Side Bottoms 
because we hear it so often, it's it's become a bit more normal in our minds, yeah. but it's still one of the greats. I mean, it's it, it, you can't beat it. It is it's the a best. Very, very strong name. The runner-up that year when he won it, the runner-up was a, a cheerleader called Charity Beaver. So to beat Charity Beaver, you're doing very, very well. Yeah, um, that is good. That's my that's my burner Twitter account, actually. I can't by just coincidence. I didn't know I'm there was an athlete called that, but there you go. Both Charity Beaver and Steel Side Bottom up uh, uh, in my red tube search history. Yeah, right. They do sound like characters on Days of Our Lives or something. No, um, no. Yeah. I had nominations for um, uh, there were four dicks that received nominations. Dick Pole, Dick Pound, Dick Trickle, and Willie Dick, who played Dressenden. Uh, the table tennis player, Meow Meow. The Italian basketballer, Gregor Fucker. Oh. The Newcastle Knights uh, player, who currently is only 19, he's playing with them right now, Bradman Best. Oh, that's uh, good. Baseballers, Steve Schartz and Rusty Kunt. Or- <laughs> Oh, and I think I think I mentioned on the uh, on the Patreon episode uh, when I was uh, in Chicago, I saw a Cubs player called Stalin Castro. Well, they see that's another strong name. Then there's a lot of um, sport appropriate names. Yeah, mm. no, I like these. So the golfers Tiger Woods, Gary Player, and Chip Beck. Uh, the NASCAR. To driver, be fair, Gary Player could have done anything. Yeah, true, true. Uh, well, Will Power and Scott Speed, Usain Bolt, sport appropriate. The NFL quarterback Chuck Long, tennis <laughs> uh, player Margaret Court, footballer Derek Kickett, surfer Lane Beachley, and my favourite Russian hurdler Marina Stepanova. Yeah, I think uh, she wins for me. Can I, can I add one in? Can I add one in there, please? Which is it's it's not a descriptive one like those, but the most rugby union name I've ever heard is Sterling Mortlock. Oh yeah, it just just fits that sport so wonderfully. It, it is perfect, and well, Titus, that leads me nicely to the name which received the most nominations on Twitter as a rugby league player called Fui Fui Moi Moi. Ah, yes, uh, the just one of, one of the fantastic names in sport. Um, so that was that was a bit of fun with the uh, they came to play peeps uh, on on Twitter over. Um, uh, last week. Yeah, and uh, this week we'll put it to the fans of uh, which Von Trapp family member would have got the most super coach votes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is a very good question. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. Can, and so it's got to be the Von Trapps. It can't be Julie Andrews because oh, yeah, she's, she's the coach. So, her ability you know, to gather possessions work. was just amazing. It really was. What a ball magnet. Outstanding. I, I, I want to give a shout-out to the nun as well, who perhaps delivered the most famous line oh, in yeah. uh, Sound and Music. We haven't seen it, but we know that line. And what she, is it about her? Yeah, and, she was, and she said, what is it you can't face? So, Reality. Play on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i got to say, we've devoted a lot to the Sound of Music on a podcast that two-thirds of the people on it haven't seen it. <laughs> That's welcome to that game world. Mate. Welcome. Yeah, it's got to be a world record, doesn't it? And and I do like how it also hasn't stopped any and I commenting on it, which I think is uh, I, I think well, that's what what the current world is: people not worrying about their knowledge or expertise of something, but just being confident in their views. Uh, Titus, we're actually going to start a new podcast where we uh, review movies that we haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, oh, you two perfect. should do Green Book. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> the sad follow-up to um, 
Oh, what was the uh, 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 green green card? Oh, and the green mile was the middle one where it got a bit dark for a bit. The green (laughs) trilogy. God. Fifty Shades of Green. (laughs) Oh, that should be Toby Green's autobiography. Which will be the exact amount of uh, tribunal reports he'll have received by the end of his career. (laughs) The green mile is the distance from the car park to the tribunal. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, all right, well, on that note, let's call it a podcast. Uh, Thank you very much, Artis O'Reilly. Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure, gentlemen. Do you have anything Uh, you want to plug, mate? Oh, I should mention I've got a new book coming out that you can pre-order now called Cheat, which is about cheating in sport. And if you go to TitusO'Reilly.com, there's a shop there and you can go and pre-order it from now. Uh, very nice. We will uh, get on to that one. Can we buy anything else at your shop, Titus? Oh, all, all my books are there and um, some leftover bottles of Grange that I haven't finished. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Look out for those. Uh, Danny McGinley, thank you, mate. Thank you. Don't forget to, uh, if you want to join our Patreon, you get uh, special episodes. And we're, we're building up a, a pretty sweet little uh, inner sanctum there with the Patreon. So yeah. uh, get involved. We're doing a lot of fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, and tell your friends about this podcast. Word of mouth is the greatest advertising of all. Indeed. Get amongst it. And uh, don't forget to rate us or review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, thank you all. And go Hawks. Go dogs. <laughs>